It's tuned to yesterday, showcasing programs from radio's yesteryear. Welcome, I'm your host, Mark Lebonier. Horror coming up in this hour. Later on, we hear the story Pigeon in the Cage on Suspense. But right now, we hear from a man associated with grim stories, and I don't mean the fairy tale. It's Peter Laurie starring in Mystery in the Air. This NBC episode from August 21st, 1947, is an adaptation of Guy de Maupassant's The Horla. Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Lorre. Ladies and gentlemen, there are two kinds of stories. Those you can take to bed with you and they relax you and put your mind at ease. And then... And there's the other kind. And our story tonight is the other kind. I still do not know whether it was the shadow of the madness to which the author himself so tragically succumbed, or whether there really was a, an evil something that could not be seen or described. Oh, why don't you decide for yourself? Uh, I'm simply going to tell you the facts in a case as set forth by Guy de Maupassant in his immortal story, The Horror. week at this hour, Peter Lorre brings us the excitement of the great stories of the strange and unusual, of dark and compelling masterpieces culled from the four corners of world literature. Tonight, The Horla by de Maupassant. dominated by the spire of the cathedral and, and full of bells which sound through the air on fine days, even as far as my home. Oh, <laughs> what a wonderful morning. I was almost sorry when Marie, she's my housemaid, you know, when, when she interrupted me. Your luncheon is ready, monsieur. Hmm? Oh, <laughs> thank you, Marie, but, you know, it seems a pity to go in a house Say, do you like it here, Marie? Oh, yes, sir. I like it very much. Yeah. I love to watch the boats go by on the Seine. Oh, you do, huh? So do I. See that one? That big schooner, and, and it's being pulled by... Look, what a little tug. Oh, look, it's no bigger oh, than a fly. Isn't it beautiful? Mm. So clean and white and mm, shiny. Oh, white, yes. And she's a three-master, you know? Brazilian, I think. Yes, I... Yes, I can see the flag. It is Brazilian. Oh, she's had a long journey from South America to pass my house. You love this place very much, don't you, monsieur? <laughs> yes, Maria. I love it. I can feel those deep roots which attach a man to the soil on, on which his ancestors were born and died, and, and to the villages, yes, to, to, to the atmosphere itself, you don't know what I'm talking about, do you, Marie? No, sir. No. But I do know that if you don't come into the house soon, your luncheon will be cold. All right, all right, Marie. I'll come in. For some reason, I, 
I've had a slight feverish attack the last few days, and I feel low-spirited and ill. I, I have continually a horrible feeling of, of impending danger, an apprehension of, of some coming misfortune or, or of approaching death. Uh, I've never experienced anything like this before. If, if it continues, I, I think I'll have to see my doctor. Look, I've told you, your pulse is rapid and your eyes yes, are slightly yeah. dilated. Otherwise, you're in splendid condition. But, Doctor, then then why is it when evening comes on, a, a feeling of oppression seizes me, just, just as if night concealed something horrible? Why is that? Probably just a slight attack of indigestion. Yes, yes, indigestion. Yesterday, when I was walking in a forest of Rumor, why did it suddenly seem to me that I was being followed and, and that someone was walking at my heels close, quite close to me. He was near enough to touch me, and yet, yet when I turned around, I saw nothing, nothing behind me but the path between the tall trees, horribly empty. Can, can you explain that by indigestion, can you, huh? Well, here's a bromide. Mm. If you'll take it in several cold showers daily, I'm sure your fears will vanish. Yes, I'm and sure. And you'll be able to sleep without any further trouble. All right, doctor. Thank you very much. Just a moment, just a moment. Yes? Are you all right? What You're is it, screaming Marie? and calling out. I'm sorry, I... Wake the I must have been having a nightmare, Marie. Look, oh, if you dreamed that someone was looking at you and touching you and, and taking your neck in his hands and squeezing it, squeezing with all his might in order to strangle you, don't you think you would cry out too, huh? Oh, yes, sir, I'm sure well, I you should. you see, all right. Just tell the other servants I shall try to be more quiet. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Good night. Hey, look. Look, Marie. My, my water carafe. My water carafe, monsieur? Yes, it, it was full. I, I know it was full when I went to bed. Yes, sir. I filled it last night. Yes, and now it's empty. I haven't touched it, and, and it's empty. Yes, sir. Somebody has drunk the, the water. Somebody has, has been in his room. Somebody... Something drank that water. I don't know who could have, sir, unless perhaps you yourself in your sleep. Yes, yes, I myself in my sleep, of course. That's it. I, I must have done it myself, Marie. Marie, tell him to pack my things. I, I'm going to Paris. I, I'm leaving the first thing in the morning. Paris, I, I must have lost my head during the last few weeks. At home, my mental state bordered a madness, for, for I had believed, yes, I, I had believed that, that an invisible being lived beneath my roof. <laughs> how stupid, how perfectly ridiculous it all seems now, yes. Twenty-four hours in Paris have completely restored my equilibrium, and, and tonight I... I'm going to dine at the house of my cousin, Madame Sablé, and, oh, Dr. Parent is going to be there. He's the famous specialist for nervous disorders, and, and I shall ask him, and I'm sure he, he can finally put my mind at rest about this silly hallucination. Well, Dr. Parent, I'm, I've been wanting to ask you, have, have you ever known of a case where a person feels that he is... Um, how shall I put it? And, and not entirely in, in command of his soul? It is curious that you should ask me that. Why is it curious? Because now, only now in 1889, yeah. after all these years, we are on the verge of discovering one of the most important secrets of nature. What is that? Ever since man has thought, he has felt himself close to a mystery which has been impenetrable to his gross and imperfect senses. Yes. Whatever are you talking about, Dr. Parent? <laughs> Apparitions, my dear Madame Sablé. Invisible spirits. <laughs> oh, you doctor. You're always being mysterious. Oh, not at all. For more than a century now, 
Men seem to have had a presentiment of something new. Yes. Uh, Mesmer and some others have put us on an unexpected track, and we have arrived at really surprising results. Oh, you're just trying to frighten us. Not at all. If you think so, would you like me to try to send you to sleep, madame? It would be a novel experience. <laughs> if you can do it. <laughs> and if I can, it will answer your cousin's questions. Yes, it certainly would. And now, madame, if you will just sit in this easy chair. So, <sighs> now, you must let your mind go completely blank and look fixedly into my eyes. Yes, that's it. Now, you are going to sleep. To sleep. You're going to sleep. 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 You see, her eyes are becoming heavy. Her mouth is twitching. That's incredible. Sleep. You have nothing but... Doctor, I don't like this. It frightens me. Sleep. Sleep. Here, now she is asleep. An easy subject, I must say. Now, if you will stand directly behind her chair, I will proceed with the experiment. Now, I hand her an ordinary pasteboard visiting card. So... Now, Madame Sable, you hold in your hand a looking glass. Yes. I'm holding a looking glass. What do you see in it? I see my cousin standing behind my chair. Doctor, what is he doing? He is twisting his ear. But, Doctor, she cannot see me behind her by, by looking at a piece of cardboard. No, of course she can't. She sees you through her mind, or someone's mind. This troubles you, doesn't it? Yes, it, it troubles me. But it answers your question. No. No, it does not. That's common knowledge, Doctor. It's an axiom that, that human beings can be dominated by human beings. But what if a human being is, is dominated by something, by, by something else, I mean? Something not human. What then, Doctor? August 6th. I'm back at home. Yes, now I know it's useless to struggle. Useless. Somebody possesses my soul and, and dominates it. Somebody orders all my acts, all my thoughts. I'm, I'm nothing except his slave and a terrified spectator of all I do. Yes, but, but who is he, this, this invisible being that, that rules me, this, this unknowable spirit, this, this rover of the supernatural race? He, he must have a name. I, I know he has. I, I feel it. I, I can feel it. And... Oh, someday. Someday it will come to me. Oh, if, if I only could leave my house and go away and escape and, and never, never return. But, but it's impossible. This, this being I cannot call by name, he, he will not let me. I'm helpless. What can I do? What can I do? In a few moments, Mr. Peter Lorre will bring us the climax of tonight's mystery in the air. back to de Maupassant's terrifying story of a man obsessed by the idea that he is dominated by an invisible being. Fear is ruining his life. The suspicion that he is no longer master of his own actions, even of his own soul, is rapidly becoming a certainty. It's only two o'clock, and the whole night is before me. Oh, how, how still it is. And the stars. How bright they are. 
who inhabits those faraway regions, and, and what do they know that we do not know? Will not one of them someday appear on our earth to conquer it? We are so weak, so, so defenseless, and what was that? I heard the rustle of paper, yet there's no wind, absolutely no wind. There, it's that book, yes, the, the one on the table under the lamp. It's incredible, the, the page has turned, the page lifted itself up and fell down upon the others as if a finger had turned it over. My armchair appears empty, but, but no, it isn't. No, no, he's there. I know he is sitting in my place. He's reading. I can't stand it any longer. I'll, I'll grasp him and... Away. He ran away before I could reach him. He, he ran away and, and the window closed after him. <laughs> He's afraid of me. He's afraid of me. <laughs> what, what do you call yourself, you, you evil slave? Whatever it is, whatever it is, someday, someday I'll catch you and, and crush you. Here, come in here. What? What? We heard the noise and we wondered. Another nightmare, monsieur. No, it's not a nightmare. I, I was awake. Tell me. Tell me, Marie. Do you believe in, in invisible things? Invisible? Yes, invisible beings that, that dominate you. Well, uh, I read an article about that an in article? the paper today. What did it say? That somewhere in Brazil, I think, Brazil. people are frightened. Leaving their houses, saying they're pursued by invisible beings which feed on their life while they're asleep. Yeah. Like vampires, you know. Marie. Marie, that, that is where he came from. Oh, monsieur. Don't you remember the, the day we saw that little tug pulling that, that big Brazilian schooner up the river? Yes. Remember, she she looked so white, all white, and, and he, he was on board. Yes, he... He came from there where his race originated, and and he saw me, and and he saw my white house, and and he sprang from the ship. Oh, <laughs> no, no, I understand. Don't you? Don't you? No, monsieur, I don't. No, no, you couldn't. It's all right, Marie. Go to bed. There's nothing wrong. Don't worry anymore. Go back to sleep. Go. <laughs> But knowing it's obvious. Yes, the, the rule of man is over, and, and he has come. He has arrived. But, but what is his name? What do you call yourself? What's that? I, no, I know he's, he's shouting it out. Yes, yes, I listen. Huh? Oh, that's it, yes. Hola. Yes, the Hola. He, he haunts me. He, he is within me. He, he's becoming my soul. I, I shall kill him. There, monsieur. What? The iron shutters on the windows and door complete. All right. Well, why anybody wants half-inch iron shutters in their bedroom is more mm. than I can see. Well, at least it'll keep everything. I don't want to keep things out. I want to keep something in. Hmm? Never mind. Never mind. If you're finished, you take your toes and go. My housekeeper will pay you. Yes, monsieur. Good day, monsieur. Good day. Now I'm ready. Yes, tonight he'll come. But tonight I'm ready for him. I, I'm ready for him. Hmm. 
He's here, yes. I, I feel it. Class, he's here, but oh, I don't want to alarm him. I, I'll casually close the iron shutter so, so casually as, as if I'm preparing for bed. And now I'll start to close the iron door as if I'm shutting myself in for the night. But, but instead of shutting myself in, I'll... I'll shut myself out! Yes, yes, it's Donny. He's inside. He, he cannot escape. Downstairs, downstairs, yes. It's fast as I can run. Oh, good, good. The lamp is still burning. Oh, yes, fire. Fire, that'll dispose of him. Fire. Oh, see, the house is dry as tender. Won't take long. See, the, the flames are reaching the, the ceiling already. Oh. I'd, I'd better get out before I burn myself up, too. Here, yes. Here, I can, I can watch from here. How slow, how slow the house is burning. Don't you suppose? No. No, there, yes. A tongue of flame licking out on the top of the window. And another, and, and another. See it burn. My house, my, my beautiful house. And, oh, but it's, it's more beautiful. It's now in flames because, because he's inside. And he'll burn too, yes. And, and I'll be free. I warned you at the beginning. It, 
It's a very uncomfortable story. Peter Lorre brings you Beyond Good and Evil by Ben Hecht with a special musical score composed and conducted by Paul Barron. again next week at this same time when the makers of Camel Cigarettes present Mr. Peter Lorre in Mystery in the Air. Next week's play will be Beyond Good and Evil by Ben Heck. The artists supporting Mr. Lorre tonight were Henry Morgan as the voice of mystery, Peggy Weber as Marie, Lorene Tuttle as Madame Sable, Ken Christie as the doctor, Ben Wright as Dr. Parent, Howard Culver and Jack Edwards Jr. This is Michael Roy in Hollywood wishing you a pleasant good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Mystery in the Air, on Tuned to Yesterday from August 21st, 1947 on NBC. You're listening to an hour of horror on Tuned to Yesterday. I'm your host, Mark Levonier. Now, in 1953, singing star Dick Ames had been in the entertainment world for about 15 years and was appearing in episodes of Guest Star, People Are Funny with Art Linkletter, alongside Jane Wyman on the Lux Radio Theater adaptation of the movie Just For You, and his final radio appearance for the year on Suspense in the story Pigeon in the Cage, alongside Joseph Kearns and Charlotte Lawrence, the CBS broadcast from May 25, 1953. Autolite and its 98,000 dealers bring you Mr. Dick Hames in tonight's presentation of Suspense. Tonight, Autolite presents the story of a man who watched a murder committed and couldn't get away to tell about it. It's called Pigeon in the Cage. Our star, Mr. Dick Haynes. Hoping once again to keep you in suspense. I'm Gerald Brewer, and I'm 31 years old. I'm a paper hanger, and I've got a wife. I got a kid on the way, and I'd like to be home now. I wish I were out of here. Right under the button here, it says for emergency ring, but nothing happens. I've been ringing this bell for the last hour, and nothing happens. Nobody's home, I know that. But I don't know what else to do except ring this bell. I'm stuck in an elevator between the first and second floor. The overhead light went out a few minutes ago. I can hardly see. This elevator isn't very big. It'd hold three or four people. There's a lever here for floor stops. But something's going wrong. The elevator won't move. There are two buttons here. One that rings the bell, the other for emergency stops. Overhead, maybe about eight feet from the floor, is a little door. Maybe about six inches square. I don't know what that's for. It's a pretty old elevator in a pretty old house. I can't squeeze out of it, that's for sure. Three walls of this thing are cherry wood. In front of it is a folding iron gate. I got on it on the fourth floor where I was papering. That was five o'clock. I was quitting work. Then the elevator got stuck and nobody's home. Been yelling my lungs out, ringing on the bell, calling for Mrs. Rogers who owns this house, pounding on the wall, but nobody's home. Nobody's home and I'm stuck. The elevator's stuck right on the first floor above the living room. So lying down like this, I can, I can see into it through a gap no bigger than a quarter inch. I'm worried a little about my wife because she'll worry. But there's nothing I can do but wait and relax and wait. That's what woke me. 
someone was home and talking, and I was going to yell out and let them know I was stuck in the elevator right above their heads. Killer. You're satisfied now, aren't you? That's the only way to do it. All right, all right. You're nervous? You agreed to it once? Kill her. I'll kill her when she gets home. You all right? You all right, Janice? When your wife's dead, I'll be all right. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll put on some records. Relax you. Help the waiting. Harry? You know what? What about the gun? Oh, uh, don't worry. Do me a favor, will you, Harry? Let me worry. Let me know. Ah, now. Oh, sure, I'm nervous. The gun's upstairs, second floor, my bedroom. Listen, Janice, you don't, don't even have to be here when it happens. When's your wife coming home? Soon. Look, one drink? Maybe, I don't know. Come on, let's go to the kitchen. Mix a drink. I don't know who the girl is. I never saw her before. What I could make out of her looking through the gap is she's a lot younger than Mr. Rogers. Oh, that was Mr. Rogers. I knew that right away without looking at him. I remembered his voice because we'd had a discussion about wallpaper pattern 1216B, Sunday strollers in the park for the library on the fourth floor. Well, if he was going to kill his wife, and I just heard about it, what do you think he'd do to me? All I had to do was yell out and let him know I'd heard. Listen, I got a wife and a kid on the way. I'm a guy who figures on hanging a lot more paper before he dies. My family expects it of me. Besides, what am I supposed to do? Yell out? Hey, I'm hanging up here in the elevator and I just heard what you said. How do I know Mr. Rogers wouldn't kill me? What do I do? Just... Oh, I'll just stay here and hope I can think of something. Better? Better, Jan? The drink did it. I'm fine. <sighs> what should we do? What do you mean? Waiting. No, I don't mind. I feel fine. We left the party. We were we were dancing. I feel fine, Harry. Come on, honey. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Daddy, <yada da. laughs> you remember the Hey, hey, Janice. What's the matter? Nothing. Let's not laugh, that's all. Let's not do anything to make the other one laugh. Now who's nervous? She ought to be coming home soon. Let go of me. Now, look. Nothing wrong, Harry. Just right now, let go of me. Okay, okay. I'll go upstairs and get the gun. Uh, come on. Come on. Oh, that thing's stuck again. What? Oh, the elevator. The door down the basement keeps swinging it open and stops it. Darn thing's stuck. Well, sure it's stuck. Hmm? Look. Right over your head. Oh, yeah. Harry? What? Suppose someone's in that elevator. Oh, are you kidding? Suppose someone's in that elevator. Oh, well, how could anyone. Well, tell me how it got stuck. How do I know how it got stuck? Someone's on that elevator and heard everything we said. Oh, look, it's happened a hundred times before. Suppose the elevator were upstairs and I stood here and rang for it, the elevator'd start, but if the basement door swung open, the elevator'd stop, you see. All right. You satisfied? All right. Happened to my wife. She walked instead of closing the door in the basement. Happens all, all the time. All right, all right. Gun's in the bedroom. I'll walk upstairs and get it. Mr. Rogers went to get the gun. I could hear him go into his bedroom where yesterday I papered with the hunters on horseback pattern. I watched the girl he called Janice. She sat on the sofa for a little while. And she got up, folded her arms, and walked around the room. She stopped in front of the elevator. Anybody in there? Anybody in there? She kept looking at the gap where the floor of the elevator was a quarter inch above the top of the door. But the light was out in the elevator and it was black. And I hugged the far wall and she couldn't see me. Mr. Rogers came back then. Still not satisfied, are you? What do you mean? Looking at the elevator. Oh, I'm satisfied. Well, I tell you, I'm okay. Would it make you feel better if I went down to the basement and shut the door down there and start the elevator and you'd see? Forget it. Make you feel better, wouldn't it? Leave me alone, will you? Janice. Stop it, Harry, please. You, you, you want to forget it, Janice, do you? Go back to the party No, and... no, no, no. Well, listen. Harry, I told you. Listen, I'll go down and close the elevator door down the basement. Yes. That's what's upsetting you, isn't it? You're afraid someone's in there. Yes. Well, why didn't you say so? Please, all... go downstairs and close the... Harry. Yeah. 
That's her. You wait. Yes. She's got to open the garage door. We're going to have to hurry. Make it look like a robbery. All right, Harry. She keeps her jewels in the safe. Watch out, Janice. Don't push me. You're standing in the way. The safe's behind that picture. Just tell me to move and I'll move. Don't push me anymore, Harry. All right, I'm sorry. 12th to the right, 18th. 18th. Harry, the phone. I know it's the phone. Go on, answer it. What? Answer it. Say you're Mrs. Rogers. Get rid of whoever it is in a hurry. Go on, say you'll call back. Hello? Yes? Yes, this is Mrs. Rogers. Who? Paper hanger? No. I'm sure of it. Yes, yes, goodbye. Harry? What is it? Was there a paper hanger here? Place is being papered. Why? That was his wife, Mrs. Brewer. He's not home. She expected him home hours ago. She knew he was here. Harry. Hey, Brewer. You in there? Well, what about a Brewer? You in there? Okay, Brewer, don't bother to answer. I'll find out whether you're in there. And if you are, you're dead. Well? I don't know. I'm not sure. He's in there. He's in that elevator, and he knows what we did. Harry... Wait a second, will you? Hey, Brewer. You heard what I said, didn't you? If you're in there, I'll kill you. Janice, get me a chair. Maybe if I stand on it, I can see him. Brewer. Brewer, you won't be able to hide in there for very long, Brewer. Can you see him, Harry? I don't know. It's black in there, and this slit I have to look through. Turn off that music, will you? What's the music? Turn it off! Harry. What? Listen, Harry. We're getting panicky, both of us. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe the paper hanger just stopped at the corner bar and got loaded and never got home. Maybe... We gotta find out. We gotta. We gotta get out of here, Janice. Get back to the party. I'll walk down to the basement, close the elevator door, and bring it down. All right. You wait here. Harry. Go on, pour yourself a drink, Janice. You look terrible. Why don't you just wait to hear what I have to say? All right. What do you want? Take the gun with you, in case he's there. Sometimes. Sometimes, well, what I was going to say it was my wife's fault for calling. For being worried. For being such a good wife. If she hadn't called Mr. Rogers and that girl would have gone away. <laughs> Isn't it a shame the way we always blame somebody else when we're in trouble? One thing I was sure of. Mr. Rogers had a gun in his hand, and the other thing I was sure of, he wasn't kidding. Positive he wasn't kidding. A man who's just killed his wife in the garage isn't the kidding type. Here's what he was about to do. Close the basement elevator gate, push the button, and bring the elevator down. Then he was going to open the door, see me, and shoot me. I'm a man with a family, like I said, and i got to go in business, paper hanging. There are a lot of things I enjoy in life, so I don't want to die. You know what my life depended on in that instant? The button marked emergency stop. Mr. Rogers closes the gate and tries to bring the elevator down to the basement. And me inside the elevator, I keep my finger on the emergency stop button. And nothing happens. The elevator doesn't move, I mean. Janice? What's the matter? Are you doing anything up there? What? What do you mean? Or pressing a button or anything. I'm not doing anything, Harry. Uh, 
Something's wrong. What? Oh, the motor. I don't know. Just in case, I'm going to leave this door open. Yeah, I'm coming up. Mister? Mister, if you're in there. Mister? If you're in there, in that elevator, and you know what's happened. And if there's some way the three of us can get together so that nobody has to get hurt anymore. Listen, all right, we killed his wife. You don't know what she was. You don't know what she was. She... Janice. <gasps> Janice, what are you doing? Maybe we can reason with him if he's in there. Maybe all we have to do is explain why it happened and maybe tell him... Tell him we're not so bad. Look, look, you know what, Janice? There's no one in there. There is, there is. I know it, Harry. All right, I'll find out for sure. Come on, we'll go upstairs up to the second floor. I got a way to make sure. How? I'll climb down into the elevator from the second floor. There's a little trap door on top. I'll open it, strike a match, I'll find out. Come on. I'll use my lighter. My lighter. There. I got the trap door open. Can you see him? Oh, wait. I'll... There. Now I'm going to have to. Harry! Harry, what is it? What's the matter? Harry! Harry! He's in there, John. He's in there. He grabbed my arm. I reached in with the light. He's in there. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. You've oh, got to kill him. Leave me alone. Get away from me. Leave me alone, he will knows. you? We've got to. Get away from me. Harry. 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 All right. All right now. Janice. Janice. I'll try to. It, it, it's all right now. It, it's all right that he's in there. What do you mean? We killed my wife. We were going to take her jewelry. It would make it look like robbery and murder. It'd make it look like she surprised the thief. She was coming home when the thief was leaving. Yet, don't you see? I'll bring my wife up here, up here to the bedroom. Then I'll throw the jewels in the elevator, empty the gun, throw it in. And he'll be the thief, the murderer, trapped in the elevator. Hey, how do you like that, Brewer? You'll be the murderer. How do you like Just that? Do Just do it, Harry. Yeah, it's going to be all right, Janice. Just do it. Mister? We know you're in there, mister. Just a couple of feet below. Listen, mister. What do you want? <laughs> Hello, Mr. Paper Hanger Brewer. If you think what? That... If you think you can get away with this. I tried to reason with you. All I wanted you to do was go away. I talked to your wife. She was worried, wasn't she? If you'd listened to me, you could have been home now. How could I listen to you? What you did. I tried to explain it to you, and you wouldn't listen. Mr. Rogers was a married man. You carried on with him, and what you did. You know what? What? He shot his wife. But you're as much a murderer. I know. How can you expect me to listen to you? I don't want anybody else to get hurt. Yeah, yeah, I know. Honest. The way you said, kill him, kill him, meaning me. What about that? Because you had to act so smart. Because you didn't answer when I talked to you. I saw you. What do you mean? When you were downstairs in the living room. I was lying down on the floor in here and I saw you. I can't understand how anybody who looks like you can do what you did. What does your wife look like? Why? What do you look like? See, you don't even know. You don't care what a man looks like. You're going to do what you're going to do. Yes, I am. Mister. 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 Mister Paper Hanger, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, talking to you. Give me a hand, Janice. Hey, Janice, what's the matter? Nothing. Nothing. It's almost over. 
I got the jewels. Here, hold them a minute. No. No, just put them down someplace. All right, all right. One. Take the rest of the bullets out of this gun, that's all. Yeah, wait a minute. Oh, stop acting like a baby. What did you have to do that for? Now, there are no more bullets in the gun. Bullets in the wall. Make this place look like a mess. Like she put up a fight. There. You okay, Janice? Now, what do you have to do? Just climb down there again on top of the elevator, that's all. Told you it'd all be over in a minute. Hey! Hey, you, Brewer! Not talking, huh? Well, I don't mind. I'm going to give you something, Brewer. Here. Jewelry. Bracelet and a necklace. Worth a lot of money, Brewer. And here's a gun, too. Empty. Because it's the one you killed my wife with. Goodbye, Brewer. So now look what's happened to me. I was papering a house and I got caught in an elevator. Now they're going to blame me for a murder, Mr. Rogers and that girl. And here I am stuck in an elevator and there's nothing I can do about it. They're on the first floor now and he's helping her with her coat. She still looks shaky. I can lie down on the floor and look out through that gap and I can see them. And hey, they're starting to leave. Hey, Mr. Rogers! You're not going to get away with it, Mr. Rogers. Before you go, you'd better think about something. What about the fingerprints? What about the fingerprints on the gun, Mr. Rogers? Yeah, I guess you did, huh? Guess you forgot to wipe them off. Else you'd have walked out of here instead of... Hello, Mr. Rogers. I'm lying down on the floor of the elevator and I'm looking out of the gap and I can see you. Hello, miss. I'm in here and you're out there. But you're the one who's trapped now. Uh, Mr. Brewer... What is it you want, Mr. Rogers? Mr. Brewer... Harry, he's right, isn't he? Your fingerprints are on the gun. Mr. Brewer, I guess we better make some arrangements, shouldn't we? And Janice. What? Go down to the basement and shut the elevator door. Then Mr. Brewer will be able to bring the elevator down. Go ahead, Janice. Go on, hurry. How does it feel? The uh, first thing I want to tell you is that uh, you can keep the jewels. How does it feel to be trapped? Really? Now, we'll, we'll talk this over. Feels terrible, doesn't it? When you come out of the elevator? I don't think so. I don't know whether I'm going to come out or not. Not now. It's closed, Harry. Well, come on up. All I have to do is keep my finger on this emergency stop button, and you can't move this elevator an inch. Now, let's be reasonable. You killed your wife, Mr. Rogers. How do I know what else you got down there you might kill me with? Do you think I'd... Now, you know what a silly question that is, don't you? Look, I got this gun of yours, and it's proof you killed her. No amount of arguing you can think of can change that. Money. Do you want money? I don't think money's important right now. Well, why is he... He, he won't come out. What? No, sir. I'm not coming out. I got you two where I want you, and I'm not moving. Janice, tell him how rich I am. Tell him what I can do for him. Come on, tell him, tell him. Harry. All the things I can do for him. Harry, Harry, Harry. Cut it out. All the things you can do. Look at what you can do. All the things you can do. Stop it. Look at what Stop you it. can do. Shut up.
Hello, Norma. Jerry, dear. No, no, everything's fine. Yeah, just a little while. No, really, everything's fine. I'll tell you about it when I get home. Well, I got stuck in an elevator is all. I said I got stuck in an elevator. No, really. Suspense. Presented by Autolite. Tonight's star, Mr. Dick Hames. Next week, a terrifying tale about a man who was able to foresee the future and found in it his own violent death. It's called Vision of Death. Our star, Mr. Ronald Coleman. That's next week on Suspense. Suspense is transcribed and directed by Elliot Lewis with music composed by Lucian Marwick and conducted by Lud Gluskin. Pigeon in the Cage was written for suspense by Morton Fine and David Friedkin. In tonight's play, Charlotte Lawrence was Janice and Joseph Kearns was Harry. And remember next week, Mr. Ronald Coleman in Vision of Death. Suspense, on Tuned to Yesterday from May 25th, 1953 on CBS. And that brings to a close this hour of horror on Tuned to Yesterday. Be sure to be with us next time for more great programs from Radio's Past. Until our next hour together, I'm Mark Levonier. Thanks for tuning in.